You are about to listen to a sermon from Common Ground Church in Rapid City, South Dakota. We hope to see you in person. For more information, visit commongroundcma.org. Okay, I think I got it. I think last time I, well, last time I heard Asif was up here, it freaked out. Uh, like Nick said, my name is Justin, and uh, I'm here to, to talk to you guys today about one of the Psalms. Um, now, I had somebody here last time to fill in for me. If you were here, his name was Asaph. And he preached on a psalm that, that he wrote. Um, you guys, it sounds like people enjoyed that. Uh, he couldn't make it around this time, so uh, you get me again. So, sorry about that. Um, that's what you're stuck with. Uh, yeah, my name is Justin, and uh, I work for Campus Ventures, which is a campus ministry at the School of Mines. So, uh, it's just a really fun job. I think I have the best job in the world. Um, this is something, so we've been going through this series on, uh, on, on being rekindled, right? So this idea of what happens when you first become a Christian, you first start following Jesus, you have all this zeal, you have all this excitement, all this passion, and, and as time goes by, you start to notice that things start, start to wane a little bit, they start to slow down, and you start to kind of just, just wonder what, what happened, what happened to that passion, what happened to that excitement, um, what happened that, that made you stop being so excited about this thing, that, that this, this God that saved your life, that brought you from uh, one way of living to a whole other way of living? How, how does that go away? How does that fizzle out? Um, well, this, this psalm that we're going to go through today is one that um, I remember reading it specifically two years ago, and it just, it just hit me. Uh, and it's something that I've been really thinking about a lot for since that point. Um, for a long time, I remember coming home and talking to Sarah and being like, man, you've got to read this. We have to talk about this. This is really, really significant. Um, so this has been something that's marinating with me for like the last two and a half, three years. Um, so, so hopefully I'm able to, to put it out there in a way that's easy to, to understand um, and come through well for you guys. So if you want to turn there, you can go, it's on your bulletin, Psalm uh, 115. You can, you can feel free to jump there. Um, before we get there, uh, I want to tell you a little bit about, about myself. Um, when I was on staff, uh, this, is, this is about, maybe around the same time, maybe about three or four years ago, um, my director wanted all of us to do this personality test so he could kind of see you know, what our giftings were and help us to know how to, how to do a better job at doing our job. By, by doing what we were good at. Um, so we all had to take this test. It was the, the Myers-Briggs assessment. Has anybody taken personality tests? Even, has anybody even taken like those Facebook personality tests that tell you like what Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle you are? <laughs> right? Who likes those tests? Yeah? About 50-50? Okay, I'm with the other group. I hate them. <laughs> They're the worst. They make me so anxious when I sit down to take one of these things because I'm just like... I don't know. Sometimes I feel this way, but other times I feel this way. How do I even answer this? This, this answer changes tomorrow for me. And I just, I, I hate those tests. And so, but I did it. You know, I took the test. Um, they were holding off on giving our answers until we got to the, the training. It was like a two-day training deal. Um, and don't get me wrong. I really appreciate what my director was doing. And I do think that it was somewhat helpful. Um, but we get there, and uh, they hand out all the tests. And the, the one thing that I was sure of was that I would be an introvert. And maybe that sounds surprising to you from where you're sitting, but to me, and I think even to my mom, um, that was like super surprising that I actually am not an introvert. Turns out I'm an extrovert. 
And that was the only thing that the test told me clearly. Everything else, you know the Myers-Briggs, you score um, kind of on one side or the other, and so the closer you get to zero, the, the more like not strong you are in either one of those things. And I scored almost a zero on every single other thing. <laughs> and so they're, they're talking about how important it is that you know what you're good at, and then, and then how important it is that you know what you're good at, because if you're operating out of what you're bad at, that's just going to be totally like, toxic for you and really bad. So that night, I was like, okay, i got to figure this out. And I took the test again, like three more times. <laughs> and I got a different answer all three times. So four different tests, different answer every single time, except for the extrovert thing, which I just didn't even know about myself. And so I was facing this kind of like semi-identity crisis. You know, I, I go in the next day and I'm like, what does this mean? Like, I, I, I took the test four times and I'm a different thing each time. They're like, well, Justin, it just means you're flexible. <laughs> it's like, come on, that's not fair. Like, give me the box. Tell me who I am and tell me how to live my life. You know, I, this isn't cool. Uh, but, but I face the fact that it's somewhat true. I am kind of flexible. I have kind of a more laid-back personality. I can kind of roll with the punches a little bit. And that's a good thing. But it can also be a really bad thing. And the first time I remember kind of seeing that was in, in middle school. Uh, there's this girl that I was really interested in, and we were chatting on MSN Messenger. And if you know what that is, then you're a millennial. Um, if you don't know what that is, then you're probably a Gen Zer. It's like the equivalent of texting, but it was online, and you had your own usernames. It was really lame. Um, and so I was doing, I was doing that, and uh, really liked this girl. Uh, I wanted her to like me. And so every time that she said that she liked something, I told her that I liked that thing. And every time she told me that she did not like something, well, I'm surprised. I did not like that thing either, to an equal amount. Um, and she started to catch on to this. And so there was this one day, she told me that she, she's like, hey, I just love this band. You know, what do you, what do you think about them? And I was like, oh, yeah, me too. I've listened to all their stuff. I really, really like, you know, this song and this song. I, like, searched them up really quick. And then she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I accidentally typed love. I meant to type loathe. I actually hate that band. And I was like, uh... Yeah, I mean, I like some of their songs, but, but they're not really that great. And I mean, I kind of like them way back here, but now I don't really like them as much now. And she's like, hey, I caught you. Like, you're just saying the same stuff that you like, that I like. That's like super uninteresting. That's super boring. You're just lying about stuff. And I was like, oh, man. And that was kind of the first time somebody really called me out on that. And I realized that was sort of a part of my personality. That's something that I had to kind of work through and, and deal with. Because that's, that's my thing. I like to be liked. I want people to like me. And, and I found this thing in myself that I will kind of chameleon. I'll kind of be whoever I'm around because I want them, I want them to like me. Um, that's something that God has, has been you know, working through with me. And I think that though it's exaggerated in me <laughs> through those, you know, those personality tests and stuff like that, uh, I think it's something that a lot of people share. I think there's a reason that we have this saying, you are who you hang out with. There's a reason that when we see people who've been married for like 80 years, they almost look like they're brother and sister because all their mannerisms are the same and they, they kind of talk the same and they act a lot the same, you know. And there's a reason why when you meet somebody and you get to know them really well and then you meet their parents, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. I see that. I understand where this is coming from now. There's a reason for all those things. We, we become like who we hang out around, Right. And that, I think, is meant to be a good thing, right? We're, we're built to be in relationship and close fellowship with God. And so when we do that, we become 
more and more like him in the ways that he wanted us to be like him. So, so while that principle is true, I think there's, there's an even um, greater principle behind that in that we become like even what we, what we worship or what we put our trust in. And so that's what we're going to be looking at uh, today. That's the principle that we're going to see today. And so we're going to see that the, 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 the cure for the, the side effects, we're going to see the side effects of idolatry. We're going to see that the cure for those side effects, the thing that fixes that, is, is right worship towards God, towards Jesus, the one who, who deserves our worship. Um, so if you guys would, uh, you guys are probably already there. I'm going to have to turn there now. Uh, to Psalm chapter 115. And we're going to read through verses uh, 1 through uh, 8 to start with. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory, for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Why should the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but do not speak. Eyes, but do not see. They have ears, but do not hear. Noses, but do not smell. They have hands, but do not feel. Feet, but do not walk. And they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. When I read that, that I mean, I'm sure I'd read it before, but man, when I read it that one time, I just I could not continue. That is such a powerful image to me, a powerful illustration that, that God is giving to us and what it looks like to be stuck in this, this idol worship, to what, what it looks like to be not following God. And so this is, this is a powerful image. It's really important to me to kind of break through this and kind of get down to what these things look like. Um, and so I'd like to take this thing that, that God has said, um, this, this uh, illustration, and, uh, and, and break it down, talk through some of these things. And so I've asked my friend uh, Ben to uh, come up and be um, my example. I don't want to call him an idol because that just that sounds weird. That's not what he is. Ben is a great guy. Um, if you don't know Ben, you should. He's one of my students. Um, and he has a fantastic walk with the Lord. <laughs> so even though he's my example, this is not who he is. I'm not, I'm not trying to send some weird like message that, that this is Ben's problem. But uh, we're going to go through this, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go through on what this looks like. Because I think this is a powerful image. All right, so the idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths... But they do not speak. Now, don't mind that I'm pulling this out of my back pocket. It's not a big deal. This is my favorite tie. So don't get slobber on it. We're going to tie this around your mouth. Is it covering? I'm sure it's covering. What'd you say? Does Ben have a mouth anymore? Does he still have a mouth? Yeah. Um, Can he speak? Not well. Right. Man, you're a champ for doing this. <laughs> um, they have eyes, but they do not see. So, uh, do you have your phone on you? Can you put that up in front of your eyes? Great. Super. So, let's, let's talk about these two first. Um, 
They have a mouth, but they do not speak. And they have, they have eyes, but they do not see. Now, when I think about, you know, these are, there's a physical principle. This is what idols looked like. They looked like human images. And they looked just like humans, except for the fact that they were not. They were just made of inanimate stuff. Um, but I think that there's also some principles that we can draw from these things, right? So when I think of not being able to speak, I think of silence. And I think about that for today, what has become the, the idol of silence. I think about the fact that for a lot of Christians, we just really don't feel good sharing our faith with other people. I think probably every person in this room who is a follower of Jesus has experienced at one point or another that feeling of like, oh man, I should, I should talk to this person about Jesus. This is, like a, this is like a good opportunity. Or I should share this Bible verse with them. Or I should encourage them in this way. And we got too nervous and we're like, what if they don't like me? Or what if it offends them? Or what if I mess it up? And we didn't do it. We had mouths. We each had, mouth didn't go away. It's not like that was just gone. And we couldn't. It was there. And we didn't. We have mouths, but do not speak. And then we have, we have the eyes, right? I think about eyes and I think about attention, right? When, we, when we're paying attention to things, we're, we're looking at something, we, we use our eyes to, to, to look at things, to memorize them, to, um, to, to look at what directions we need to go. I think about you know, attention. So then the opposite of attention would then be distraction. That's why I had him use his phone. Because I think that's a, a, big, a big part for today, right? And it's true, man, life is hard. Life is not easy. I don't know anyone out there who thinks that life is easy. They're naive. They're probably distracted. Because distractions are easy. It's easy to play a game on your phone for five hours. It's not easy to work on your taxes. It's difficult to learn how to do new things. It's difficult to get a degree in college. It's real easy to sit and, and watch YouTube videos all day. Distraction has become an idol. I don't think that it, it's like it was, uh, that that's a new thing. I think it has been for a long time. It's so much easier to fixate on what's not real than it is to, to really focus on and do what is real. So we have these eyes. They're meant to be attentive. We're meant to pay attention and to see what's going on and then to be able to respond to those things. Um, but we, we choose distraction, which Ben, you're doing a great job, by the way. <laughs> So we have mouths, but do not speak, and we have eyes, but we, we do not see. Uh, this next one here, we have, we have ears, but do not hear. Noses, but do not smell. Um, so I've shared earphones with Ben before, so I know he doesn't mind that I stick my used earphones in his ears. <laughs> and... Have you ever seen anybody walking around with not like this? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, especially like people with like AirPods and stuff now. Like you just see people all the time with stuff in their ears, right? And that's not a that's not a bad thing. I'm not opposed to like you know going to the gym and working out or like you're in the zone, you're you're at work or whatever, but. I've noticed that walking around campus, when people have stuff in their ears, they're very hard to like approach them. It's very hard to have a conversation with somebody, even if they have one in and one out. And I'm, I'm guilty of that a lot of the times. And I've been trying to just yank them both out and just put them down and, and listen. 
um, than the things that somebody's saying. Um, but that's that's the fact, because we have uh, this this problem. We see this happening all the time. People are are listening. But what do you listen to? You ever listen to music that you just hate? Probably not. Most of the time, you're probably listening to music that you really like. You probably have a custom playlist of every song that you love since the time you were five. And you listen to it on repeat. How about uh, news sources? Do you listen to the, the news from the people that you just think are stupid? Probably not. You probably listen to news that, that makes you think, like, yeah, they are stupid. I'm smart. <laughs> How many times have you had a conversation with somebody and they've, they've told you something like, that's a good idea. That would really fix the problem I have in my life. And then you just don't do it. See, we, we have ears. They work real well. Um, but we, we, we do not hear we're not, we're not hearing the things. We're so caught up in just wanting to hear the same things that, that just push us in the direction that we were already going. Right? We'll go on the internet and find, find whatever there is to bulk up the argument that I already want to win. Right? We have ears, but we're not hearing. Uh, and noses, uh, but do not smell. <laughs> If this hurts too bad, you can pull it off. <laughs> I tested it out earlier, though, and it did not hurt me too bad. <laughs> can you breathe? I didn't even think about this. <laughs> yeah, you good? Okay, you can take it off. <laughs> so that already kind of encapsulates like how important this is. This is suffocating for. <laughs> Noses. I was like, what? What's like a spiritual principle regarding noses, right? Uh, I think about yeah, discernment. Okay, so uh, Ben, eyes away from the phone for a bit. This is milk. Can you see the milk? Uh-huh. Can you tell if milk is curdled just by looking at it? No? There's two ways, really, to know how milk is curdled. Uh, one is tasting it. But if you're wise, then the other one is smelling it. You smell it first, then you know if it's bad. And then you drink it, right? So Ben, go ahead, give it a whiff. Uh, what do you think? You good? Yeah? Great. You trust him? No. Yeah, why not? He can't smell. He can't smell. Yeah, he's got, he's got a nose. You can put the thing up in front of your face. <laughs> he's got a nose, right? But he can't, he can't smell anything. You think about what it takes to, to discern something. That's what, that's what kind of the nose does, right? It, it, it tells us information that isn't just readily available by, by what we can already see, right? And I think that we have this thing where, where we're, we're just kind of shallow. I can't tell you how many times in the last like four or five years that somebody, I'll be having a conversation with them, they'll, have, they'll ask me a harder question or, or somebody will make a really good point and I'm just like, and, and then I'll say something I'm like, man, I've never really thought about this before, but what I just, what I think is stupid. That doesn't make any sense. But I've just kept it in here for so long, and I've just kind of just believed it. I haven't drawn it out to its logical conclusion. I haven't talked about it with anybody else. I haven't really gone much deeper with that thought. And then when it finally comes out, I'm like, man, that doesn't make any sense. I haven't been discerning at all. I haven't really done the, the research to know if, if what I think about this topic is, is true. And I think that that's something that, that we all kind of do, right? We, we, there's things in our life that we're just like, well, I, I just believe that. Like, it doesn't matter what the research says or it doesn't matter what this or that says. Like, I'm just, I'm just sticking to it. 
Uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to listen to other other viewpoints. We're not really discerning. We're not. We're not bringing those things out to their logical conclusion. Um, and so these final ones. I have. They have hands, um, but do not feel, and feet, uh, but do not walk. So you can go ahead and put your other hand up to the phone because that just kind of shows like totally incapable of doing anything else right now. Can he help me hold anything in this position? I'm carrying like pounds of heavy stuff and he's got his phone in his hands. Is he able to help? Is he wanting to help if it's in this position? <laughs> Probably not, right? I think our hands are indicative both of, of feeling, the ability to kind of just like know what's, what's going on. Um, so we lose empathy. And I think it's a, a picture of, of serving. So the, the inverse of serving is being, uh, um, uh, what's the word? Oh, I'm losing it. Self-absorbed. Uh, I think it starts with an I. Not indignant. Man, I just totally lost this word. Uh, but just, yeah, like, like, uh, like I deserve everything. I deserve to not be bothered. Entitled. Entitled. Thank you. It's an E. <laughs> <laughs> That's my problem. <laughs> entitlement. It's this, this picture of entitlement, right? Where I deserve X, Y, or Z. I, I, I don't need to step up and serve. There's, there's a hundred people here that can be doing that. It's not, a, it's not what I'm doing. I'm busy right now. I've got this thing kind of going on. I don't need to be the one that's getting up and, and doing any of the work. Um, and then, man, if you... Uh, let's see, Superman. Let's sit right here in this, in this chair. Yeah, yeah, you got the idea. Put your feet up, all the way. Is that, is that nice and comfortable? I mean, regard, uh, yeah, outside of the nose thing, and, yeah, comfortable. Think about feet. Now, still have feet? But in this position, not walking. With the idea of, of walking, going, moving, doing things. And we get we get stuck. We just think. I, I think of I think of comfort. Not that comfort's terrible in and of itself, but I think that it can become uh, an idol. It can become something that just totally um, squashes a, any of our ability to to go. I think about how many commands there are to go, go and make disciples, go and and do likewise, love your neighbor. As yourself. Go and love your enemy. And when we get comfortable and we get entitled, you put those together and we're just, I'm not going anywhere. I'm right here. Why would I go anywhere? Somebody else can do that. I'm comfortable right here. So if you can, some of you have already taken pictures. This, as ridiculous as it is, physically, that we, that we look at this and we're just like, oh, this is silly. This is what we can get like. Right? This is kind of how we not even walk around. This is just kind of how we sit. This is sort of spiritually what we look like. And that does not sit well with me. So, Ben, thank you. You've been such a great sport. I get my tie later. Don't worry about it. It looks pretty nice on you, actually. Yeah, in your fashion statement. 
So that's the question, right? How, how did we go from, we were talking about being rekindled, talking about this fire that we have, these, these living new creatures that we are, and we're, and we're going forward, and we're learning about the Lord, and we're doing this and that, and we're so excited about the Lord's doing, and then we start to get entitled. And so instead of serving, and instead of, of, of empathizing with people, we just start to, it just kind of gets frozen and, and inactive. And we're excited about going, but we, we try and we go, and, and maybe we are sharing our faith, and maybe we are um, getting out there and, and, and learning and, and growing. But we start to experience a little bit of comfort, and it feels pretty good. And no, nobody's really suffering that much from, from me taking a break, and so we slow down a little bit. And again, don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about like being busy to the point of not resting. I think resting is super important for pace. I'm just talking about like getting to the point where you're just not doing anything, ever. And so then we stop, stop going. And think about you know our mouths. Maybe you've tried sharing, sharing the gospel, and you feel like you didn't do a very good job, or you didn't have the answer to every question that the person asked, and you feel like maybe you offended them, and so you stopped. You don't do it anymore because you feel like you got burned. And so now. We, we went from this thing, that, this, this person that was totally zealous, totally excited, and now we're just, we're just cold, and we're motionless, and we're not getting out there, and kind of the equivalent of what almost happened if that tie had been anything else, we, we just kind of fizzle out, you know? And so we can ask the question, well, what do we do? Because I don't think that's what God wants. I think He, he wants us very clearly to understand what it looks like, and what we become like, we just we become this idol. We become our own idol. The things that we worship, the things that we want, we become like them to the point where they replace God, and we just become this 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 piece of rock that looks like a person, but isn't doing anything like a person who's following Jesus. And so, praise the Lord for the next uh, the next three verses. If you look at those with me, it says, "O Israel, this nation." Trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, the, the ministers, kind of the leaders, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. And there's a reason he repeated that three times. It's because this idolatry stuff, it just comes up all the time. There's days where I feel like, I'm doing really good at this one. And suddenly I realize that this hand's been paralyzed for the last five weeks. I go, man, I don't have this all figured out. And so the, the psalmist is writing over and over again, trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord. That's what this comes down to. He's saying, you do it, you do it personally. And then, hey, all the nation, you do that. We all trust in the Lord together. And then, hey, leadership, you all trust in the Lord. You do all do that together. Lead your people in doing that together. That is, that is the, the solution. It's this right act of worship is trusting in the Lord. That's what, that's what breaks the cycle. That's what um, cures these, the side effects of becoming, um, becoming an idol and, and worshiping idols. So my boss does this thing with me uh, about once a year. He calls it the three-in-one. And uh, he'll sit down with me and he'll go over three things that he thinks that I've done really well. And one thing that he thinks that I could really use some work on, something that I'm not doing super well in my job. That's been super, super helpful for me because it's encouraging 
uh, and it's challenging. And I feel both like he thinks I'm doing a good job and like he is, is good enough to, to tell me what I need to work on. Um, so that's my encouragement for you guys today. Do a three-in-one. Sit down with the Lord and, and talk to Him about these things. And this is not a comprehensive list. You know, I think it's a good visual. It's a good kind of picture of what our lives can look like. But this is not, this is not comprehensive. This is not all the ways that idolatry can kind of creep in. But I challenge you to look at your life and say, Okay, Lord, what are three ways that I'm, I'm following you well? What are, what are three things that I'm doing that I feel like if I continue doing these things you know, every day, every week, that I'm going to continue getting closer to you and learning who you are and becoming more and more like you rather than becoming like an idol? And what's one thing that you can show me that if I continue doing, I'm going to become more and more not like you? And then pray and ask Him to take that thing away and commit to, to, to getting rid of that thing to partnering with Him in, in removing that from your life. So I want you guys to take some time to, to do that today. Um, maybe even just right now. Let's just take like 10 minutes and uh, spend some time, write it down, or just really just think about it. Uh, maybe if you're like me, you feel like, hey, I could do a one and three, where I feel like I'm doing one good thing right and three things really bad. Um, I just encourage you to stick to, maybe if you have to, just do one and one. One thing you're not doing well and one thing that you are doing well. Um, does that make sense? Everybody kind of clear on that? Well, let's take some time just to do that right now. And then I'll pray to, uh, to close us up. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would burn into us this, this image that you have written about. You know, this idea of um, us becoming these stony, cold, unliving things. And that is not at all what you had in mind for our life. You said that you came that we may have a life abundantly. And um, when I just think about this is just the thing that I feel like traps me up all the time. I just, I'm just always feels like I'm juggling um, between different things. There's one day where I feel like I'm making some progress, and another where I just realize there's another new one that I didn't know about before. So, Lord, I pray that we would not be um, crushed by the the weight of our sin. But we would be so excited about the, the, the depth of your grace. That you knew about all the things that we struggle with, the things we don't even know about. You knew about them. And you died for those too. And so I pray that for all of us in this room, wherever we're at, if we, this is our first time kind of coming to groups with these, these idols, we say, hey, I, I haven't even been following Jesus before. This is something I want to do now. Lord, I pray that you would, uh, you would you'd make that work happen in their life. They would bow their knee to you and say, Lord, you, you are God. You are good. You are holy. And I, I'm not. I do all these things that are, that are just wrong. <laughs> Lord, we know that you came. You lived this perfect life. You didn't struggle with this at all. And you died on our behalf so that we could have eternal life with you so that we could spend time with you. And rather than becoming more and more like stone, we could become more and more like you. 
living, breathing, loving. So I pray for, for all the places, for those of us who, who have been following you, feel like things have gone stale. I pray that you would burn out of us uh, these, these stony idols. You take away all these side effects, the entitlement, the comfort, the quiet, and that you would, you would encourage us and, and bolster us to go, to do the things that you're asking us to do, to participate in the things you're asking us to participate in, to live with you again. And I pray that as we do that, we would see things just radically changing in our community, in our church, in our families, in this nation, as we commit to living closer and closer to you, having right worship towards you, Jesus, our King. Pray that all these things and more would happen, that they would be in your name and for your glory. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed. Please join us again at Common Ground Church.